another great gift from God, allowing us to live and to move and to have our very being to exist in these days prior to the great judgment of our great God. And our question that we must continually ask ourselves is, are we ready for the day of the Lord? Let's go to God in prayer. Our great God, we praise you and thank you so very much. For you are awesome. You are magnificent. You are kind. You are gracious. Thank you for Jesus, your great Son, for your wonderful Holy Spirit, whom you sent to seal us to the day of redemption. Bless our worship, please, this evening, that all things be in accordance to your will and your way. These things we ask and pray in that wonderful, magnificent, most awesome, holy, and precious name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we pray to be thy will. Amen. Acts chapter 2. It is good to see you here tonight, those online, as well as those who are here with us uh, physically. Tonight we're going to look at the subject of an implanted word. The implanted word of God. For some that um, that plant will find that seed, seed can lie dormant in the ground. In the ground of our hearts, we find also that seeds can lie dormant in the heart for years. It grows for some, and for others it it dies. This evening I want us to think about the seed that is sown into your heart. How deeply have you allowed God to sow the seed into your heart? So I want to look at Acts 2 for just a moment in verse 38. And listen to what it says. And Peter said to them, Repent and let each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call to himself. And with many other words, he solemnly testified and kept on exhorting them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. So then, those who had received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Now, notice what happened. The word was not necessarily received yet. He told them to repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, every one of them. But he had to keep on preaching. He continued to exhort them, and then they received the word into their heart, and those that received the word were baptized 3,000 souls in one day. But if you think about the audience that was there, there was a great audience that was there. And only 3,000 responded to the great call of God. Turn to James chapter 1. And so I wonder in our hearts, as we think about life and our Christian walk with Jesus, how deeply the Word of God has been sown into our hearts. Has it truly penetrated the mind? James 1 and verse 21, the Bible says, Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all the remains of wickedness and humility, receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. Now we're thinking about why should I receive the word of God deep into my heart? Because that's the only way you're going to be saved. The word of God, the blood of Jesus If you don't receive this word deep into your heart, where it has penetrated your life, you might not be saved. Please turn to Hebrews chapter 4. 
This is a very important subject matter to think about and to consider uh, sitting, if you will, amongst your brethren, sitting in a pew uh, by yourself. Think about tonight, sitting in your home, where do you truly stand in regards to your relationship with Christ? The game is over. This is real. Right? Hebrews 4 and verse 12, verse 1 rather, the Bible says, Therefore, let us fear lest, while a promise remains of entering his rest, any one of you should seem to have come short of it. For indeed, we have had good news preached to us, just as they also But the word they heard did not profit them because it was not united by faith in those who heard. How many times have you found that in in your Christian walk, turn to Ephesians please, chapter 3. In your Christian walk, you have you have questioned some things in the word of God. That's alright, I mean there are some things we just don't quite understand. But those things you don't understand, do you write them off or do you just receive them in faith? I don't understand it. There's some things in the Old Testament. I mean, I wonder often, I look into the Old Testament, and I wonder how many Old Testament prophecies about Jesus I've missed. I've read it. I've looked at it. How many times in the New Testament have you read a scripture, and then one day you read it, and the light bulb comes on? You missed it for that long. How deeply is the Word of God sown into your heart? The Word implanted. Carries with it the idea, the, the property of, of, of the root, if you will, itself. Like a seed. It's in the heart. The word has penetrated the heart. And we must be rooted, rooted and grounded in the faith and love. You know what I'm sad to see? You've seen it. Look at how many Christians, and maybe it's me. Sometimes it is. Look at how many Christians think like the world. Live like the world. Do what the world does. And you know what's sad? When the world does better than we. Because the word oftentimes is not rooted and grounded deeply into my heart. I find myself going the other way. Over to Satan. The word must be deeply rooted and grounded inside of your heart. Ephesians 3 verse 14. That means I give up. I give up things of the world to come to Jesus. Verse 14 says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with the power through His Spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length in height and depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God, to receive the implanted word deep into my heart. There, there's a, um, uh, there are many, many people that can quote to you. I mean, if you sit down, this is football season, right? And they can start giving you statistics about a certain player. In a team. And then you ask him to tell you something about the word of God. And they're silent. And they're Christians. Do you see something wrong with that? There's some folks who can quote books and and 
tell you this and tell you that about life. But then you ask them to tell you something about the Word of God. And they're silent. There's some folks who are cheering at the football game. The day I was watching a football game in the break in between services. And you can cheer and get excited and can't wait to get back to the next game. But come in here dead on arrival. Where is that word planted into your heart? Right. I want to look at now Colossians, please, for just a moment. Chapter 2. Because this is the place that should bring so much excitement and joy into our hearts to be able to be in the presence of God amongst the people of God, united with the entire world and heaven itself. Sunday is a day that God has made. Colossians 2 verse 6. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in Him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. The idea that God would think so much of me that He would spend time working on my heart. Thank you, God. Rooted and grounding me in the faith so that my joy is overflowing with gratitude. God didn't have to open my heart. God didn't have to allow me to see what I see, to know what I know, to be where I am. So I'm overflowing with gratitude and saying, God, give me more of you. When we think about our growth, turn to Isaiah uh, chapter 28. We think about our growth. We add to our faith. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm talking about this now because sister was just talking to me a moment ago about our growth and our, uh, and our confidence in Christ. As we grow in our faith, realize that growth in Christ is not something that happens overnight. Right? It happens. But you've got to be patient. Right? God's not going to just miraculously give you all knowledge and all faith. Those days are gone. But rather, God says in Isaiah 28, in verse 10, for he says, order on order, order on order, line on line, a little here and a little there. You've got to grow. A little bit at a time. As much as God gives you with gratitude. You know, our growth begins with gratitude. It begins with us being able to say in our hearts, Thank you, God, for bringing me where I am today. Right now. Thank you, God, for that. I mean, there are a thousand things that we could have been doing other than worshiping God today. But you chose to worship God. Thank you, God, for that little growth that I have in my heart. The way I wouldn't put things of the world in front of you. Because the word has been received into my heart. Second Peter chapter 1. And this is critical in our Christian walk to allow God to grow us, to grow us, and to grow us, and to grow us. You know, sometimes, sometimes we don't want to grow. We, we just don't want to go to that next step in Christ. Let the word penetrate you. 
Let God mold you and make you and transform you and turn you into that walking, talking church building that he expects all of his people to be. The temple of the living God. The Holy Spirit dwelling in us. Walking with God every step of the way. Growing just a little bit at a time. Verse 5, 2 Peter chapter 1. Now for this very reason also, applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence. And in your moral excellence, knowledge. And in your knowledge, self-control. And in your self-control, perseverance. And in your perseverance, godliness. And in your godliness, brotherly kindness. And in your brotherly kindness, love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. To allow God to grow you in these things, in moral excellence and knowledge and self-control and godliness and brotherly kindness and Christian love. Allow God to grow you in these in these areas a little at a time. But allow Him to work on your heart. That's what we are supposed to do. John chapter, or James rather, chapter 1. How will they know you're Christians? By your love, right? John 13, 35. That's how they'll know it. By the love that we have for each other, by the love that we have for God, they'll know we're Christians. You know who makes evangelism difficult? We do. Right? People will say things like, you know, I I hear what you're saying, but what I'm seeing is bothering me. And it should be the other way around where they're saying, what I see makes me want to know more about the God whom you serve. James 1 and verse 22. To receive this word implanted so that it's manifested, if you will, in our lives. Verse 22. But prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely, merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, having not become a forgetful hearer but an effectual doer, this man shall be blessed in what he does. People always say, please help me, give me a blessing from the Lord. God live for Jesus. And you'll receive all the blessings you want. Overflowing abundantly in an abundant life. How deeply is the word of God sown into your heart? How, how deeply do you want it to be sown into your heart? Second Peter, First uh, Peter rather, chapter 2. And I, and I like, ver- the, you know, b- before we read this, I, I want to read to you verse 3. If... You've tasted the kindness of the Lord. That condition. If you've tasted the kindness of the Lord. Is what verse 3 says. Before I read verse 1 and 2. I love to read verse 3 first. Because there's a condition. So I ask you. Have you tasted the kindness of the Lord? And we would say. Yes of course we have. And then we read verse 1 and 2. It says. Therefore. Since you've tasted the kindness of God. Therefore, putting aside all malice and all gall and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, like newborn babes long for the pure milk of the word, that by it you may grow in respect to salvation if you've tasted the kindness 
of God. Receive the word into your hearts. And let God mold you, make you, transform you. Why do we fight God so much? You know, it's all about me, Lord, isn't it? No, it's not about you, Brother Cloud. It's not. It's about God. It's about God. And when by His grace we make it to heaven, then it'll be about us. Just being able to be there is enough. It's about God. So our growth, if you will, turn to Psalm 92. Our growth is, um, is, is likened unto trees. It's, you know, the personification is a word that, you know, is used in scripture where trees are personified as, uh, as, as humans. And, and as we look at Psalm 92, I want you to think about, about growth in regards to a tree. There are trees right now that are that are falling because of the winds, and there are some trees that fall because they're old. But trees grow and grow. But if you plant a tree, I plant you know transplant trees, and you you plant a tree today, you plant a seed. If you look at that, if you just watch that tree, you will become bored <laughs> because you're not going to see anything, right? But eventually, one day, you'll look out of your window and go. My, how that tree has grown. In verse 12, the righteous man will flourish like the palm tree. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of God. They will still yield fruit in old age. and They shall be full of sap and very green. To declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. That tree grows. It becomes strong and it bears fruit and it's beautiful. That's what we want God to do for us. To grow us. Make us strong. Here a little, there a little. Psalm chapter 1. To receive the word Implanted deeply into the heart, into the mind. The mind, right? Not this one. This one. Verse 1. How blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in its season. And his leaf does not wither and in whatever he does, he prospers. You know, a tree does not, turn to Jeremiah please, chapter 17. A tree does not look at the other trees and say, you know, my oh my, I haven't grown like that tree. (laughs) A tree grows independently. As the roots dig deeper into the ground and are nourished and blessed, you have an individual responsibility to grow in Christ. And we cannot blame anyone else but ourselves. My stagnation, my unwillingness to grow and surrender to God in submission is no one's fault but my own. God has given me everything to be what he wants me to be. But I have to receive him and allow him to mold me as he desires. 
Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7. Blessed is a man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. And he will be like a tree planted by the waters that extends its roots by a stream and will not fear when the heat comes, but his leaves will be green and it will not be anxious in a year of drought nor cease to yield fruit. Blessed is a man whose trust is in the Lord. Part of growth, brethren, is trusting God. See, right now, we're in a pandemic. Right now, people are running and running and running and running in so many different directions. But God's people are supposed to be firmly rooted and grounded. And be able to say, with all honesty and full conviction, God is in complete control. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right until the Lord Jesus returns. Right? We have to give them something to look forward to. Turn to Psalm 118. We have to give them something powerful so that they can say, thank you for giving me the word of God. We have to be those who are planted, those who've been watered, those who are strong, those who truly trust in the Lord. So that those who do not trust in the Lord, those who have no foundation, will have somewhere to look. And they'll find hope in God through us. And then the door will be open for us to teach Jesus to them. In verse 8 of Psalm 118, the very center of the Bible, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to take, than to trust in the man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. It is better to trust in God. How's your faith today? How much would you say you're trusting in God? Well, thank God. You don't have to look back and judge yourself any longer. You can just say, Lord, from this point forward, I repent of my lack of faith. I beg you to help my unbelief. Give me the stability that I need to walk from this day forward in service to you. Today, you can do that right now. Psalm 52, please. Psalm 52. And then allow God to grow your heart. Allow God to grow you and strengthen you and bless you and keep you and transform you. Verse 8 says, But as for me, I'm like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the loving kindness of God forever and ever. But when you ask God for growth, Ephesians, please, chapter 4. When you ask God for growth, recognize that there are going to be some growth pains, right? I mean, as we grow physically, there are some growth pains. Be willing, be willing to struggle a little bit in your growth. And thank God for it. In verse 14, Of Ephesians 4, the text says, As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into Him who is the head, even Christ. How much do you really want to grow? Or are you satisfied with where you are in your Christian walk? See, growth is something that 
We hope our 401ks grow. We hope our retirement plan grows. We, we hope that the equity in our home grows. What about your Christian faith? What about the spiritual? Do you hope it grows too? See, Second Peter tells us in chapter 3 and verse 18, he tells us to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To grow in Christ. To grow in Christ. To keep growing in Christ, both now in this present life and in the days of eternity. To grow in Christ. To just keep on growing every day. Grow, grow, grow. What are you doing? What are you doing in your Christian walk to ensure that growth? What are you doing every day? Every day, every day of your life, what are you doing to ensure your Christian growth? Have you thought about that? Do you have spiritual goals? Are are you checking your goals every now and then? Some folks watch the stock market, you know. You watch it all day, every day. Read the paper every day. What are my stocks doing? What's your faith doing? What's your Christian walk doing? That's what we've got to be keen on and think about. 1 Corinthians, please, chapter 3. That is the most important and critical part of our lives, our Christian walk with Jesus Christ, the acceptance of our great God and the reception of God deeply sown into our hearts. But it's not just about growing, is it? It's about growing and doing, right? You grow and then you go do something about it. See, God prepares us for the journey ahead. We grow and then we do. We grow and then we do. First Peter three, uh, first Corinthians rather, excuse me, chapter three, beginning at verse five. The Bible says, What then is Apollos? And what is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, even as the Lord gave opportunity to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but God who causes the growth. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, but each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. It is God who causes the growth. You see how the burden is lifted on Calvary? It's not about how many people you brought to Christ. It's about how many seeds you watered or planted. See, that's our job, right? We just plant the seed. We throw the seed. We scatter the seed. We scatter the seed. Where it falls, it falls. We water the seed. We water the seed. We water the seed. Where it waters, it waters. It is God who causes the growth. And the seed doesn't always fall on good ground. Sometimes the seed falls in, on the rocky places and in the rocky places where there's thorns and thistles. And you don't have control over that. Neither one of us, none of us do. But we're supposed to just scatter the seed of Jesus in water. And God will cause the growth. Tonight, that seed that was sown into your heart, is your heart pushing the seed out? Or is your heart receiving it deeper and deeper every day? That seed that is being watered, are you allowing God to water that seed? To grow you up, to plant you where he wants you to be? Or are you refusing the waters of our great King? 
We close in Matthew chapter 13. Grow and do the will of God. And how do we grow? We grow by the mercy of our great God. We beg God, we ask God continually to allow us to be those trees that produce fruit, good fruit, to the praise and honor of His holy and divine name. We close in verse 23. And there the Bible says, And the one on whom seed was sown on the good soil, this is the man who hears the word and understands it, and indeed he bears fruit and brings forth a hundredfold, some sixty and some thirty. In other words, he grows and then he does the will of God. We grow and then we do. We grow and then we do. Tonight, I encourage you to continue to grow and grow and grow and allow God's Word to deeply penetrate your heart. And you know what? That's not my job. My job is to preach the Word. We have to receive it. Receive it. When you read God's Word, have you received what the Lord wanted, intended for you in that reading during that day? And you might say, well, preacher, I haven't read the Bible in a long time. Then you can't receive it. So I encourage you, if you've not uh, started a one-year reading of the Bible, or maybe you can read it twice in a year, Spend time in God's Word so that God can grow you into the person that He wants you to be. Tonight, if you're not a Christian, we invite you to surrender to Christ in the waters of baptism. The opportunity is yours because God has granted us yet another day to have believed His Word, repented, and confessed His name before before mankind, and then be buried in Christ and resurrected anew. Tonight, if you are a member of the body of Christ and we can pray with you or pray for you, if there's anything we can do, please make it known while we sing our song invitation. The lesson is yours. God bless each and every one of you. Thank you for your time.